I'm Chuck Smeaton from the Royal Institution of Australia, and this is the Cosmos Briefing Podcast. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the Ghana people, traditional owners of the land where I speak to you from today, and pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. Today, Cosmos journalist Ellen Fidian reads a story that she wrote for the Cosmos website, and you can find the link to the story in the description. In it, she examines whether Australia should revive its once-flourishing vehicle manufacturing industry. However, this time it would be different. Electric vehicles. A new report from the Australia Institute's Carmichael Centre has suggested that Australia could benefit hugely from setting up an onshore electric vehicle manufacturing industry. The report says that Australia's renewable energy potential, mineral resources and highly skilled workforce all make it an optimal place to manufacture electric vehicles. Lead author on the report, Dr Mark Dean, who's a research fellow at the Carmichael Centre, says that thanks to the resilience of our remaining automotive manufacturing supply chain, a surprising amount of auto manufacturing work, including components, specialty vehicles and engineering, still exists here. So what needs to happen to bring EV manufacturing onshore? The report outlines a range of initiatives and policies that governments would need to implement to kickstart the industry. These include tax incentives to encourage onshore processing of raw mined materials. This is particularly important for lithium and batteries, as well as a long-term vocational education strategy, um, incentives for global manufacturers to set up here, rapidly electrifying government fleets with local cars and establishing an EV manufacturing industry commission. Gail Broadbent, a researcher in electric vehicle uptake at the University of New South Wales who wasn't involved in writing the report, says that we used to have the industry. It's only four years ago that it's closed, so there's no reason why the educated, skilled workforce isn't there. In addition to the existing skilled workforce, the report points out that much of the engineering infrastructure needed to make vehicles is still around and could be repurposed. We've got the minerals to make the batteries, we've got all of the materials we need to make cars, so there's no reason not to value add, according to Broadbent, who agrees with this. There are places in Australia where the existing manufacturing industry has reinvented itself and connected with advanced technologies already. The report highlights the Tonsley Innovation District at the site of the old Mitsubishi factory in the southern suburbs of Adelaide as an example of government support provoking this sort of development. Giselle Rampersat, a professor of innovation at Flinders University's Tonsley campus, who also wasn't involved in writing the report, thinks that this is a good idea. She says that the Tonsley Innovation Precinct would be a terrific location for EV manufacturing. She says it's got an innovation ecosystem of large companies, small and medium enterprises, and it's underpinned by the education sector. There's Flinders providing research and a skilled workforce, as well as the Vet Centre. Rampersad says that while defence has been key to many of these developments, small and medium enterprises operate across several manufacturing sectors. Spillover benefits can be felt in other sectors, like EV manufacturing. She says that the educational areas that need attention to build up an EV manufacturing workforce include engineering, particularly mechanics, robotics, electrical engineering and electronics engineering, and computing in IT and cybersecurity. Cybersecurity is particularly important, according to Rampersad, because smart systems are required in EVs to track usage and also in advancements related to autonomous features. 
While it's clear that the industry wouldn't be starting from scratch, onshore electric vehicle manufacture would still need a big investment from government to get up and running. And it'd need even more work to guarantee locals would buy the EVs. Broadbent says that one of the best ways to encourage local uptake is for governments to guarantee they will preferentially purchase Australian-made electric vehicles for their fleets. This is also another initiative suggested by the report. As well as providing confidence for manufacturers, this policy would have a social effect. Broadbent says that it sends a message to the country that the government thinks they're good enough to buy. And it's also a way to normalise the vehicles. All the workers who get to use them in their workplace get to use them without having to go to the trouble of buying one. They get to see how they work and they can appreciate the benefits and it starts a lot of conversations. This is why several state governments are currently planning to transition their fleets to EVs, even absent of local manufacturing. Price and infrastructure are much more complicated issues to tackle on uptake. Widespread charging stations, better incentives to buy and sell EVs, and better regulations on pollution all need to be introduced to make EV usage more widespread. Says Broadbent, people want the infrastructure, and without that infrastructure, it ain't going to happen. Rampersad says that electrification is a journey. She believes that EVs are part of the transition to more advanced vehicle systems, like solar cars. She says that EV manufacturing is a vital stepping stone in strengthening manufacturing capability to shape a bright future. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode. Remember that you can head to cosmosmagazine.com by the link in the description for more great content. You can also subscribe to Cosmos Magazine, Australia's only science print magazine, and Cosmos Weekly with its unique approach to how science, news and the economy intersect. Podcast listeners can get both products at a special price using the coupon code you will also find in the description. Of course, you can watch and listen to all our Cosmos briefings via the link in the description too. And remember, if you support science and its communication, please support our work at the Royal Institution of Australia. I'm Chuck Smeaton, and today's article was written and read by Ellen Fidian. Thank you 